the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Good morning. Movie design. Um, Wall Street. Investing. Retirement. We've got plenty to talk about today. There's no doubt about it. So don't be shy. Join the conversation. Rob at robblack.com. Call the show. I don't get nearly as many calls as I should. Uh, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Again, it doesn't hurt my feelings that you don't call because Lord knows i got something to say. But uh, it does help management to see that people are alive and well out there. Dow closes a record high on Super Tuesday. But today ain't Tuesday, if you know what I'm saying. Furloughed federal workers can collect unemployment. Federal employees on furlough, should they be allowed to collect unemployment benefits or not? Some workers think so. So you make $104,000 a year before taxes. The Department of Defense says you have to be furloughed for 11 days. You're going to lose roughly $4,400 in pay during that stretch. Do you qualify for unemployment or not? Weird world we live in, eh? So back to Super Tuesday. The S&P 500 up 1.5% at one point yesterday. Big day. It ended up just six-tenths of a percent. Six-tenths of a percent higher. So it didn't hold. With that said, what an amazing year we've had. If the year was five months long, we would have had a great year. But the year is a year long. So, it's going to be interesting to watch. There's going to be drama. S&P 500 today, down 8. Dow down 75. NASDAQ down 15. What the hell happened to the 10-year Treasury bond? Why is it at 2.14%? Wasn't it at 1.6% a couple weeks ago? Yeah. There's a mentality that things are getting better. And as things get better, people don't hide in the 10-year treasury bond. So the dollar should be getting stronger. We're not quite there yet. As things get better in the United States, things are getting a little bit worse in China. Things are getting a little bit headline worse in Europe, but business-wise, a little bit better. Europe imports 25% of China's exports. So the knee bone truly is connected to the elbow, which is connected to the hip bone. Okay, not quite, but you get the idea that we're all in this together on some levels. So the Fed, are they going to raise rates? Are they going to stop buying back debt? A lot of questions. But the 10-year Treasury is telling us there's not as much fear when we were at 1.6% on the 10-year Treasury, there's a lot of fear. A lot of money hides there. 
So 10-year Treasuries moved big. And that's, have you seen mortgage rates recently? They're back to up to 4% on 30-year. A couple weeks ago, 3.4, 3.3%. That's a big move. Shanghai International agreed today to buy Smithfield Foods, one of the biggest moves yet by a Chinese company in the United States. Now, I'm not going to get nationalistic. I'm not going to get racist. USA, USA, USA. American farmers being owned by the Chinese? What a weird world we live in, but China loves pork. Biggest consumer of pork in the world. China has a lot of problems with pork. You saw the thousands of dead carcasses of, of hogs floated in a river, and you're like, what's going on with pork there? Do they hate pork? No, they just they have dirty meat. They've got diseased meat. Some farmers recently went to jail because of it. So big meat processors are being acquired by China control. Interesting, right? At an industry conference last night, Tim Cook, Apple's CEO, struck back against claims that Apple's lost its cool. Saying, you know, we're, something's coming. Something's coming. We, we got something. Now, back in the day, back when I was one year younger, that would have moved the stock significantly. Now it's meh, maybe 1% here or there. So what do we got with this? Apple TV? No. iWatch? No. But we got something coming, says, so says Apple. We don't even know what it is. Facebook said it's going to make a greater effort to identify and remove hate speech after a group of protesters convinced more than a dozen advertisers to boycott the giant social network until it cracked down on content that encourages violence against women. There was some advertisement that was like... Uh, Taper and raper, like you're like, what? How is that an ad on Facebook? So Facebook, as it grows, it's going to hit some challenges that they have to start being responsible. Walmart pleaded guilty in hazardous waste cases. They're going to pay 81 million plus dollars for disposing of hazardous materials at its source nationwide. Get this statistic. America's working mothers are now the primary breadwinners in a record 40% of households with children. A milestone that, in the changing face of modern families, this is up from just 11% in 1960. So just one basic generation, we've jumped from the primary breadwinner being 89% of the time men when there was children in the family, to now 40% being women. That's a pretty big move. Our Congress doesn't reflect that. Anyway, you get where I'm trying to go at with this, I hope. Not trying to be dramatic. Um, other stories of note. You know, I think we should say there's no economic news this week until later this week. No, there's no economic news today. That's probably what I should have said. GDP 
initial jobless claims on Thursday, personal income and spending in the University of Michigan Consumer Confidence on Friday. Yesterday we had that housing number. That was glorious. Netflix stock is worried over the lack of critical acclaim for their reboot of a franchise. Arrested development. Word is, it's not very good, but I guess if you like the show, you like the show. And if you didn't, you're not going to be compelled to it. Anyway, I think you get where we're going at this morning. I don't know. Where are we going this morning? I have no clue. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. This morning, I'm going to have economist Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. I believe I am. I think he's going to miss next week on vacation, but uh, what do we got? Money 102 seminar coming up in Palo Alto on June 8th. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminar coming up June 8th, which is a Saturday at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be back. 800-516-1220. You're Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're taking a look at the Bay Bridge approach. That's our heavy spot. This 0.5%. That's... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Nomophobia. What do you think nomophobia is? By the way, this is the my favorite song. If I have a favorite song, like a 16-year-old kid. Talk heads. Home. It's where I want to be. Nomophobia. What do you think it is? It's fear of being without your cell phone or fear of losing your signal on your cell phone. Nomophobia could have been fear of mortgage rates rising. As Fed tapering fears are mounting, we're seeing mortgage rates start to spike higher. Squeezing a quick phone call. Ron? How are you, Ron? Ron? Yes, I'm here. You're on. Oh, my question was, how high do you think mortgage rates will go once they start going up? And how long will they keep going up before they start heading down again for whatever economic reasons? Why do you care? Well, I'm hoping to refinance, and if I can get another house, hopefully. Okay. So I'm just hoping to time it and just kind of get the... We don't. Yeah, you're hoping to time it. Good luck. Yeah. Um, you're in the same world that I am. It's, it's, if hope belongs on football fields... 
I hoped last night the Sharks would win. They didn't. Hope doesn't really belong in your decisions on mortgages. So buy what you can afford. There's nothing you can do about it. If you want to get in the property today, get in the property today. Buy what you can afford today. In a month, two months, three months from now, rates might be higher. They might not. Today there's fear of rates moving higher that would obviously um, be tied towards the Fed tapering, which would be a good thing in the sense that the Fed's not going to start tapering until they see job creation and or a healthier economy that could survive without them. So there's no right answer. How high could they go? I could see us getting back to 6% mortgage rates. Um, Not much higher, not much lower. Um, But that would be a healthy thing. That would mean the economy's doing okay. That would put the 10-year Treasury at 3.5-4%, plus a little bit extra for the mortgage companies to make some money. Um, That's where I see us going. But, again, I don't know if you should be buying another house. That's the bigger question. Thanks for the call. If you are worried about rates, thanks for the call, uh, some of the questions you have to ask yourself is, am I going to be cash flow positive? I don't think real estate will always go up. I think some real estate will do better than other real estate. I think you want to be close to jobs to try to do everything you can to protect your real estate, quote-unquote, investments. I refer to them as real estate liabilities. Um, I like real estate. I'm not against real estate. But I realize that if you have negative cash flow or if you have a situation where you have a renter who's not in the building for a month or two months or if you have an earthquake or if you have a major job company leaving that area, then you are at risk of having some you know, trouble paying your bills. So I would be very, very cautious. I don't like your question about... Uh, you being worried, in large part, that tells me that you're trying to squeeze blood out of a stone, maybe. You're doing the very, very best you can. Uh, This move higher could be a fake move. We've had fake moves. If you want to take a look at what I'm talking about as far as fake moves, go to a chart of the 10-year Treasury. And... You know, take a look at the last couple of years, and you'll see that we've been above 2% more than once, only to dip back below, back to 1.6. So this is a bit of a breakout as far as the last two years goes. Keep in mind, in October 2011 and April of 2012, we got as high as 2.4%, only to see the numbers revert back to the negatives. But... um. We're breaking out above 2.1%, which was the recent you know, double top. So we're in technically stronger territory or whatever you want to say. Thanks for the call, Ron. Coming up next hour, going to have Damon Southward, chief market strategist, talking about market strategy. He's from briefing.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Senior citizens in the United States. Their golden years are turning into plastic years because they're using their credit card more than ever. The average debt held by a senior has ballooned to 50000 in 2010, up 83% since 2001. They got more debt in their working years. They've carried it over into retirement. Much of this due to increase in housing-related debt. Families headed by someone at least 60 years or older had the largest increase in average mortgage debt. So, our seniors who should be 
lean on debt are getting fattier on debt. It's not because older Americans are buying homes. It's because they've borrowed big time against their homes. Some took out home equity loans while others refinanced or took out cash. Also extended the term of their mortgages. Back in 1992, only 24% of homeowners over the age of 62 had mortgage debt, but that figure now is 20, 45%. Almost double. So credit card debt has become a little bit more pervasive as well. One-third of retirees are relying on plastic to cover basic living expenses. Basic living expenses should never be covered should never be covered by a credit card. Tune in. Snags $25 million in new funding. Looking to grow. It's an online radio powerhouse. They've raised $25 million. Media continues to change with the Internet. Netflix has a bit of a flop on their hands with the rest of the development, the reboot. It's expensive for them. One of the big stories that's scandalous out there tells you also there's an opportunity. 3D printing has increasingly become dramatic. You should look into 3D investments tied towards 3D printing. Because as 60 Minutes and other news outlets start doing stories about, you can make a gun at home. Okay, so you have to use a hammer to get the casings out of it. But you can make a gun at home with a 3D printer at this point in time. There's uh, plans, blueprints already out there for it. So that's going to be an area that's going to be talked about, that's going to be radical. And there's still investments in that area. On my podcast, I talked about that a couple years ago. To get your calls there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got an event coming up in Palo Alto. Two events, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, June 8th, 9 to noon at the Elks Lodge. Then later that afternoon, a Money 102 Wealth Accumulation Portfolio Structure from 1 to 4. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, invested in more. Internet speeds on new Verizon phones will double later this year. Verizon's working on a new type of 4G LTE network that will be about twice as fast as its current network. So Samsung's newest phone, the Galaxy S4, is the first compatible device with that. Faster internet speeds. Makes me feel like we're in a moral decay. We're not. Maybe we are. I don't know. But it certainly does feel odd. Elsewhere, and this one's worthy of noting, financials have surged off of opening lows. They're mostly higher. All four defensive sectors are down today. That's worthy of note. Don't know if it's worthy of doing anything about it. 
But I think we're in a market that's starting. And again, this could change tomorrow based on economic data. But we're in a market starting to reward economic growth. We're starting to get there. Are you ready for it? SP 500 down 13, the Dow's down 123, the NASDAQ down 25. Let's welcome in now CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, talking financial planning issues with us on a regular basis. Let's talk estate planning nightmares. I'm sure you see more than one of these in your life. Yeah, and let's kind of talk about kind of the smaller events that can occur and ruin you know, your legacy and ruin your family. We talk about estate taxes all the time for the wealthy and things like that. Let's just talk about some of the smaller things and give you an example that um, occurs all too often. Let's say you, uh, let's say, Rob, you're dating a girl and and things are going really well when you first start. You're actually, you get engaged and at the same time you happen to get a new job. And tattoos. (laughs) Matching tattoos. And uh, you think things are going to last forever, and you happen to get a new job, and you're, you happen to you know sign up for the 401k, and well, you're going to name your sweetheart as your beneficiary on your 401k, right? Because you're about to get married soon. Sure, I've done that. Well, I'm guilty yeah. of that. Yeah. And then what what happens? You know, four to six years later, she turns into a raging nightmare, and you guys break up, and you wouldn't wish her on your worst enemy, and then it's been three years since you broke up. Your 401k is worth hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. And you die on a ski trip, guess who gets your 401k? Not your brother, not your sister, not your mommy, not your daddy. It's the ex-girlfriend because you forgot to change the beneficiaries on your 401k. Okay, but let's do the same scenario of, let's say I get married, but mm-hmm. I never change my paperwork because I'm that guy who never changes my paperwork. Uh-huh. Um, who gets the money then? Well, as a spouse, they can claim up to half in a community property state of the contributions post-marriage. Okay. Up to half. That's it. So half of the contributions post-marriage could go to the ex-girlfriend, plus the, all the assets that are in there prior to that could go to the ex-girlfriend. That's pretty disturbing. It is. It's a, it's a tough thing just by you know forgetting to update, do an annual update. I mean, you know, every firm almost, every job that you get that has benefits typically has some sort of an open enrollment, and you just kind of have that spark the back of your memory and say, open enrollment, not only am I supposed to look at my health benefits, my disability, my life insurance, also, my beneficiaries. It's just kind of a annual housekeeping thing that you got to do. As I got older, in the last two or three years, Chad, I now have what I call a password list. It's yeah. all the passwords to all my accounts in case I die. And I haven't done the updating my paperwork. So, like, I'm a little bit in denial, right? It is. And you, you brought up a, a subject that I forgot that I, was, I wasn't even going to talk about this. I'm got, glad you brought it up. But the, your online presence, right? Sure. What about all those pictures that you have on Facebook? You know, who has the ability to go in and and find the password and get those pictures? Who who owns those rights? Who owns all your music that you might be storing online in some cloud? Um, it's it's all about you know sweating the small stuff. Yeah. Because it's the little things that can cause the nightmare to your trustee. Everybody thinks, hey, I want to name you as my executor of my will or the trustee of my estate. And, like, it's a great honor. It is a pain in the butt. It's one of the hardest jobs you can do. It takes a lot of time away from work, a lot of detail. You're dealing with family members that are, you know, arguing about a Christmas ornament. Um, so you really have to go through your estate and say, here's my important assets to my family, and be clear on who gets what from the beginning and make things easy. You know, if you've got a bunch of uh, accounts that are in DRIPS, dividend reinvestment plans, sure. that's the olden days. 
Right. Now you can move those over to TD Ameritrade or Schwab or whoever and do your dividend reinvestment plan there and have it owned by your trust and have it in a place that's easy for your heirs to deal with. And, you know, in a, my own family, there was a situation where there was a my great aunt that died and there was a wedding ring that somebody tried to pull off a dead finger 20 minutes after death. And it caused uh, a rift in the family, and, and two sisters are never, ever going to talk again. I love this because, story. Because one wanted to pull the wedding ring off the finger. It was, you know what? And Unfortunately, I was the executor of the will. I looked at the will. There was nothing in terms of the wedding ring. You know, that's thousands of dollars in most cases. So you've got to really you know, think about the little things. I'd chew that, thing off. I'd chew that ring off her dead finger. Oh, like a raccoon. I like a raccoon, it. exactly. You know me well. So um, with that said, anything that we can do to make things more clear, obviously a good idea. Are estate planning attorneys thorough enough to like get that ring put into the trust, or is that something that's always going to be overlooked? You know, a lot of times it's overlooked. If you're going to some sort of a seminar and a week later you get what you think is a living trust, that's not the correct way. It often takes several, you know, meetings. A lot of times you can do the conference calls over the phone and go over the, you know, details of your, your trust and your will. But a lot of times you even want to write a letter to say this is how I want things to go in, in plain English to kind of help with the legalese of the living trust. And, and think about it. You could even go around your house with sticky notes if you're later in life and say, okay, I want to make sure that I'm going to label stuff and that, you know, as I write it down, I take the sticky note off the item that I want to go to a specific person. It, it's kind of morbid, but it, it also, if you're, even if you're not very wealthy, you're trying to leave a legacy of good memories, right? You don't want to leave a legacy of, you know, people fighting over certain items. I've seen uh, estates held up for two or three years on little items like, you know, meat grinders that were used for elk hunting. I mean, just the weirdest things, Rob. Meat that grinders. people don't. Yeah, yeah, you know, like. Uh, cube deer or elk meat and just just weird little things that you know families were all hunting together and then everybody fights over one thing when the dad dies. You and I walk in different circles. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Wow, cubed deer meat. Edgar Denny, market strategist is out there saying that he predicts in the next 18 to 24 months there will be no negative equity in America's real estate market. Wow. That's kind of a bold call. Yesterday we learned that the S&P Case-Shiller Index of 20 metropolitan areas homes climbed 10.9% year over year. It's the biggest increase since April 2006. Even in areas like the Bay Area, we're still 20% below the median home prices from the 2006 highs. So that's a bold call. The 12-month moving average, the median existing single-family home price is up 10.5% since bottoming out in February 2012. Housing-related stocks continue to outperform the S&P 500. The Wall Street Journal did a report back a couple weeks ago talking about how Billionaire hedge fund manager William Ackman is in contract to buy a penthouse apartment in Manhattan for more than $90 million. Citadel hedge fund manager Ken Griffin, he's bought four adjoining properties in Palm Beach, Florida for nearly $130 million, adding $15 million 
dollar buy he made in November to, of a penthouse apartment in Chicago. In California, the Wall Street Journal just reported that the number of homes sold in recent months that had been flipped or bought and resold within six months has reached the highest level since 2006. There's speculation going on. This week on Tuesday, the Greater New York section of the Wall Street Journal reported housing prices of suburbs in New York. After a six-year roller coaster ride in which they lost roughly a quarter of their value or were climbing again. So there's kind of this speculation that's going on, some pent-up demand going on. Do I want to live in a world where there's no negative equity in homes? Sure. I don't want to live in a world where people get hurt by speculation, though. That's one thing I just got to keep throwing out there for you. Elsewhere in the world of hope-destroying moments in our lives, we need a market correction. We need to squash a little bit of hope. As we move in a sector rotation from defensive stocks, like AT&T and Verizon with high dividend yields, we want to see interest rates go higher, short-term interest rates go higher. That would be good on the job front, because that's what's controlling the short-term interest rates right now. It's the Federal Reserve buying debt, keeping them really cheap. So we want to see a rotation. Where do you want to be when you have that rotation? You want to consider mid-caps and small-caps in the United States, because they haven't outperformed like the big-cap brothers. If you believe in the U.S. economy is improving, and that's why interest rates are moving... And that they would be obvious beneficiaries. Profit margins are at a modern day high. How much are we willing to pay for stocks and earnings is a question on Wall Street right now. A cyclical bear, a cyclical bull market. I hate labeling like that. Secular sideways. I've been in love with love and the idea of something binding you and me together. You can find me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. This is the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220, KDOW for tumbling, and we are now trading at this market. First, uh, I think the data has been quite uh, solid. This is indeed, uh, I think, the... The big driver of earnings to 15,267. That's our Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. How about oh, Sharks? L.A. Kings won Game 7 of the Western Conference semifinals thanks to a huge save by Jonathan Quick. Plus than six minutes remaining to seal the 2-1 to win. At first glance, when you look at it, 
it looks like quick save of Joe Pavelski was luck as the puck found the glove. But when you watch the replay, watch how quick scrambles into position. As it was heading into the back of the net, just stunning. It was those type of saves that helped carry the Kings to Stanley Cup last year. A few more of the Kings, a few more saves like that, and the Kings might win two in a row. Every team who's left in the Stanley Cup Finals now has won a Stanley Cup in the last five years. There's a lot of parity. To win the Stanley Cup, you have to have a team. You have to have the right defensive players. Matched with the right goalie. You have to match speed and strength and leadership with skill. As an investor, you need to do the same exact thing. You have to blend a portfolio so that it works in a good economy, so that it works in a bad economy. You know, I have a small cap fund that's underperformed my large cap fund in the last five years, but I have the large cap fund, and a small cap fund hasn't been awful. Where does this story go? I think the story goes into the concept of as interest rates start to move higher, if this move is to be believed, if this breakout move, and it has been a breakout, then small caps and mid caps should lead the market. Now, again, there is no guarantee. Do I wish there was a guarantee? Yeah, I wish there was a guarantee. But you're not going to get it here. So know that Wall Street can be tricky. Wall Street can be problematic at times. If only it were so easy, right? So don't... Oh, I love this headline. Beaver kills fishermen. Beaver kills man in Belarus. It's an old story that continues to get recycled, but can't trust beavers. SP 500 is down 17, the Dow is down 161, the NASDAQ down 32. So today looks like a negative day, but I'm not going to say I have a good feeling about this because that would like cause you like false hope or false understanding of what I'm trying to say. We're in a transition that could be very painful. That's okay. Next hour, I'm going to have Damien Southward, Chief Market Strategist from Briefing.com on. A lot of trading insight. Graduated from Stanford in 1996. He oversees a team of fundamental, technical, and special situation analysts focused on uncovering short-term volatility opportunities. Should be a good guest. If you have any questions that you want me to ask, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's Rob. Rob! Oh, Rob! At robblack.com. So, mortgage index down 8.8%. Copper just put in a new session low. Crude oil rallied after a floor trading open this morning, risk, you know, rising about a buck a barrel. Natural gas has been in the red all day. Financials and tech are leading. Now, again, this is the story that you're not going to see. 
that there's a shift going on. Consumer staples, utilities, and telecom, typically very defensive areas, we're seeing a rotation out of and into the financials and tech. Is it that obvious? If it were that obvious, I would sell everything and put my money where my mouth is. But no, I play the game right. I build my team. Okay, so my team has won the Stanley Cup. That's okay. My baseball team's won the World Series. So, and again, notice how baseball teams are set up. They're not all third basemen. They're not all fat Pablo Sandoval's. Would you watch nine fat Pablo Sandoval's play baseball? Well, the outfield would certainly be interesting, right? You'd probably say that more than once to your your pal at the game. I don't know. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Four years into a bull market, where do we go from here? Now that all of our children are grown up. Well, maybe, and this is just maybe, we go into tech stocks, which have underperformed. So, Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, talks about some of the new technologies that are going to be important. 4K which basically take your high-definition monitor, high-definition TV, and times it by 4,000, or four times. The 1,000 lines will be 4,000-plus lines. Wow. So Reed Hastings is saying, you know, media is going to be focusing in on these things. So there's enough innovation out there that we can say that, you know, there's a couple more game-changers out there. Each calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got events coming up. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I've got a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event coming up Saturday, June 8th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto from 9 a.m. to noon. In the afternoon, a Money 102 Wealth Accumulation Portfolio Structure from 1 to 4. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Order. Many people who switch their car insurance to Geico for this. Ah, the sound of small. That is not a good message. And your money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Oh, we as a nation can be kind of funny at times. We chase performance. 
Try not to. Try to have a strategy. Try to have a clear-cut vision of what you want to do and execute it. That's far better than just going, uh-oh. I just heard on the news that Tesla is the fourth biggest automaker. Or they're, they're joining the big four. Or you don't even know what you hear. I get emails from people that, that ascribe other people's crappy strategies to me. Because they hear it on the, on a station and they, that they listen to all day. And they're like, what do you think about the 722? I'm like, I think you're going to lose your butt because you don't know how to listen correctly. Um, let's be cautious. Stocks are retreating today amid concern the Fed's going to taper stimulus. We've been in a glorious stock market. Glorious. Stocks are falling today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average retreating from a record. Amid concerns that the Federal Reserve may taper. Look, tapering would be a great thing. But in the short term, it's going to be... What's going on? Dow's down 170, the Nasdaq's down 37, the SP 500 down 19. 10-year Treasury sits at 2.1%. Now, if you listen to this show, you know that I pay attention to that 10-year Treasury bond, probably closer than anyone else that you've heard in media. One of the first maxims that I ascribed to my financial self was that you buy stocks when the 10-year Treasury is under 4 3.5%. Cost of money's too cheap. When money's cheap, people buy houses. We got a call last hour from someone, you know, worried that interest rates are going to move higher and he won't be able to get a mortgage that he will be able to cash flow positive. So that ten year treasury is big. It's telling you something. It's a move above where it's moved two before in the last two years. In no way, shape, or form is this a guarantee. Nor do you want guarantees. You know, two years ago to the day, the 10-year treasury was at 3%. Now it's at 2.1%, and look what's happened in the markets. Look at what's happened in the markets in the last two years. So a short-term move up is causing the market to move down aggressively. Again, after a huge run. If the year was five months long, we've had a great year. But the year is a year long. So the government is going to sell as much as $35 billion of five-year notes at auction today. Yesterday, a two-year sale of the same amount through the fewest bids since February 2011. Global equities surged today. No, no. Global equities fell today after there was that surge in the 10-year Treasury debt. So a renewed jump in Treasury yields after yesterday's weak two-year auction, it's got some you know, equity investors' concerns tied towards it. Concern that a slowdown in the Fed's bond buying pushing Treasuries higher is the story. If I can get 3% on a treasury, or I can get a stock that gets 3% yield, ooh, if I want income, I'm going with the treasury. I'm going with the U.S. government. So utility stocks are getting rocked. Telephone companies are getting rocked. 
Again, is it a guarantee? No. Now, telephone companies are getting rocked for a third straight day. Verizon down 2.7%, AT&T down 1.6%. Consumer staples like Procter & Gamble getting rocked. Yesterday, in a sector that got hit hard, and today, the home builders, even though we're reporting record great things about home builders, about housing prices, about demand, but higher interest rates means you won't be able to afford as much. Smithfield Foods in the news today up 25%. Shanghai International Holdings is going to acquire the pork producer for $4.7 billion. Something that you need to know is that China loves pork. Biggest pork consumer in the world. And they've got problems. They've recently arrested two farmers who were selling diseased pork. So they sold 40 tons of diseased pork. Knowing food quality is good is important to China. That's why a company like Yum Brands, who makes Kentucky Fried Chicken, is so popular in China. Because their food quality is diseased at times. They're so desperate to be a world power that they cut corners as a nation. That's why they're buying Smithfield Foods. And I've honestly got, I don't know, maybe I'm harking my father. Where I go, a China company? A Chinese company is buying a, a, a U.S. farming company? Because our quality is that that good. Now, China's saying all the right things, going, um, we're not going to fire anyone, we're not going to shut down any farms, we're not going to cut everyone out of the market. But I've got I've got mixed emotions. Because I did grow up at a time of USA, USA, born down in a dead man's town. I don't even know if that's the right lyrics. I, I don't hear lyrics as well as I should, right? Ah, so USA, USA. Tim Cook was at All Things Digital conference last night. And he said, you know, wearables are going to be changeable, game changers. Stock isn't really responding to that because we don't believe him. What has he done since he's become CEO? Not enough is the right answer, apparently. And that's typically the best time to consider buying stocks. So if we're to believe this move in the 10-year treasury, and I'm not telling you to or not, it's not my job, you want tech and you want financials. Apple's at a magic 444 today. I like that number. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Know that you can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. And you can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Got an event coming up at the Elks Lodge. Two events, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. One wealth preservation retirement planning in the morning from 9 to noon. Educational workshop for people designed age 40 plus who are looking for ways to generate secure, steady income in retirement. 
In the afternoon, can you do a Money 102 Wealth Accumulation Portfolio Structure for those of you who know a little bit about money but kind of want to start learning a little bit more about it? Money, investing, financials. You can sign up for either event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Coming up this hour, Damon Southard from briefing.com, talking strategy and investing. Treat amid concern the Fed will taper bond buying. Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Chinese company buying America's biggest pork company. Interesting. Just did a little, uh, it's called bumper music. An old guy yesterday sending me an email goes, I don't like your bumper music. And the truth is, he's an old guy who actually does Iditarod races, which to me, I don't like guys who do Iditarod races. I find that to be cruel, I find it to be archaic. What I try to do with my bumper music is be a little bit on the pulse, per se. More often than not, sometimes I go to the classics, but more often than not, the pulse. I don't like old people. I don't really not like old people. I'm just trying to get people to retirement. I don't like info hounds. People that listen to 10 shows thinking that someone's going to whisper the best stock ever to buy. It doesn't work like that. You learn an art. Investing is an art. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. We have a negative day. But I think we have a negative day because things are getting better, not because things are getting worse. But that means... Ben Bernanke might stop doing nice things for us and let us do things on our own. SP 500 is down 15, the NASDAQ is down 29, the Dow is down 140. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. How are you today, Mr. Burton? Doing well. Doing well. One of the areas that we don't really talk too much about is charity. And there's a word out there charitable remainder trust. We know a trust. We know Paris Hilton. Granddaddy did the Hilton Hotel. She's a trust baby. How do charitable trusts work together? Yeah, it's a little bit different than creating a trust baby because what I find that a lot of people that are wealthy really start to look for ways to be philanthropic. And I think one of the best estate tax planning tools, and, and you really have to look at the estate tax as almost like a voluntary tax. There's so many things that you can do while you're alive in terms of gifting, in terms of setting up your estate the right way to, to avoid paying too much in estate taxes. And my favorite type of strategy 
for people that really come to me and they say, here's my financial plan, and I'm also looking for ways to benefit my charity and protect my children. And I think one of the best tools out there is a charitable remainder trust. Okay. So picture this. Let's say you have a couple. They're in their 60s. They've got a combined estate with their Bay Area home and some stock options that they that they have that have real low stock basis, cost basis of about $12 bucks. So, and let's say they're looking at this, you know, a million dollars in this stock that they might have purchased a long, long time ago with a basis of, you know, a couple hundred thousand. Right. So, the the stock doesn't pay any dividends. It's a typical tech type of a company, and they really want to diversify. Mm-hmm. They really want to, you know, get it into an area where they can take some income, at least get some dividends off of it. Now, they could sell the stock, right? They could sell the million dollars and pay all of the state capital gains tax, the federal capital gains tax, and have, you know, less than $800,000 left over after taxes to get into something that they could pull 5% from. Okay. So, you know, really what would happen is they'd only end up between seven hundred fifty to $800,000 left over to really invest. Now, if they had 5% income from that, they'd only have 37500 each year, right? If you want to do the math. Okay. That, that's all they would have to live off of for the rest of their life. Because at 65, you don't want to draw more than 5% of the portfolio. And then, since they have a, a, a large estate, whatever's left of that $750,000 when they die would be taxed at estate tax rates approaching 50%, the success tax. So the kids might only receive like 350000 of that. And Uncle Sam gets the other half. Now, in a charitable remainder trust, let's say you say you've identified a charity or two or several that you want money to go to after you pass away. You can put the money into the charitable remainder trust. So you, what you could do is set up a charitable remainder trust. You're the trustee of it, so you can determine you know, how to invest the proceeds. And, and it doesn't, nothing goes to the charity until you pass, until you die, until the second one is gone. So you could put the million dollars stock into that charitable remainder trust. You could get a big tax deduction for doing that. Usually at that age, it would be somewhere around $200,000 to $250,000 tax deduction. So this is great because you could put the million dollars into the trust. You could turn around and sell the, that low basis stock once it's in the trust and create an income-producing portfolio. Zero current capital gains taxes. Okay. Nothing at all. You can diversify without paying any capital gains tax. And then you can create that lifetime income of 5%. But 5% on a million dollars is 50000 bucks a year. Right. Right. So you get a higher income, and you get a tax deduction. You have five years to use that tax deduction up. So then what you do is you, you look at it and say, okay, the charity's going to win when I die, right? My kids, though, don't get the million dollars. So you take some of that money, and you, you funnel it into an irrevocable life insurance trust so that it replaces the million dollars to your heirs totally tax-free. And really, the tax deduction and the lack of paying capital gains taxes pays for the insurance for the kids. So everybody wins. The, the kids get the money, the charity gets the money, you get the income, Uncle Sam gets zero. It's a great What happens, though, if you run out of money in the charitable remainder trust? Can you spend it down by accident? Well, if you do, if you invest poorly, right. yeah, you could, it could be gone. Or if the market does a massive correction, as long as you've done the prudent man rule, you invested in a balanced portfolio, nothing, nothing can happen to you. It's just poor market performance. And what happens is your income stocks and it stops and the charity ends up not getting anything. I haven't seen that happen. You invest in but a balanced portfolio. But you still get the tax deduction. Your kids still get the life insurance. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a great planning tool, especially those that it complicates life a little bit. Do you think anyone ever abuses that? Um, abuses it? I, you know, I don't I, I you know, Jim Cramer always so. talks about his charitable remainder trust, but he's living kind of large. Well, again, that's what he. So you can see how it works because what he did is put low basis stock 
into that, and he can manage it however he wants. He can buy and sell whatever he wants inside of that. He takes a certain amount of income out um, now, and it, you know it's it's a pretty great tool. He's not abusing it. There's there's laws, and you have an attorney draft the charitable remainder trust. So it's it's such a great tool, and it, everybody wins except the government. It, it really works well. Which do you ever worry like when you say that out loud, some people might actually dislike that. Because I, I, and they're typically the people who are on the government program. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. If you have a ton of wealth or you've got wealth, consider a charitable remainder trust. A trust. Consider making sure you do some estate planning with that so that it passes efficiently. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Coming up, I got Damon Southward, chief market strategist from briefing.com. We'll be talking with him about the market moves, what it's trying to tell us, if it's trying to tell us anything, or are we reading too much into it? Take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find me online at robblack.com. You're listening to Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investing and more. I always like to say the show is about getting you to retirement, but it's also about teaching you that money doesn't need to be intimidating. That you want perspective on the market. That you shouldn't be freaked out by it. Once you get that perspective, you're you're going to be a little bit better off. Let's bring in our guest, new to the show, Damon Southward, Chief Market Strategist. Damon sitting in for Dr. Jeffrey Rosen, Chief Economist from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Southward? Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm great. Um, see you all the time on CNBC and Bloomberg, and big thumbs up to the work that you do, sir. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and why we need your perspective. Well, I manage our special situations team here at Briefing, and uh, so we focus on uh, uncovering market opportunity for uh, investors, traders, hedge funds, et cetera. So, uh, one of the things we're focused on right now is uh, looking at uh, the yield trade is kind of the thing that I have on my radar today. A lot of individual investors out there seeking yield, and, uh, and I wrote a piece yesterday saying there will be blood, and you're seeing the blood start to flow in the street today as we speak. So what's your – and again, correct me when I, I misquote you or mis, uh, put words in your mouth – the 10-year Treasury is ticked above 2%. It's kind of telling us the Fed may start tapering off their purchases of bond debt and that we may be in for a different type of market instead of a Fed-assisted market, maybe a market that's less Fed-assisted. Would you agree? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, One of the, the, the trades uh, that a lot of money managers and hedge funds put on is to buy the Fed. When the Fed's in the market, you stay long the market. And when the Fed starts to pull away, 
you get that rotation out of equities. And uh, you've seen it happen time after time with the quantitative easing. And uh, as the Fed steps off the, uh, the gas pedal, you would expect a reflex reaction just by uh, momentum buyers to, um, would be to step back from the market. So the market's had a great bull run. The question now is, is the defensive sectors, the utilities, the consumer staples, the telecom, they're getting sold off hard, but financials and tech may have their day in the sun, or could this just go all bad? Well, right now it feels like more of a uh, stock-specific type of opportunity in the market. Uh, until now, everything had pretty much r- risen together, uh, you know, rising tide lifts all all boats and uh you know one of the main one of the main investment strategies has been to focus on yield large cap international names uh companies with big dividend yields and as those dividends have come have come in uh based on a price appreciation of the shares uh you've gotten some of these names to frothy levels and you're just not getting the yield component to reward you for the risk and uh, as you're seeing today and uh, some of the names such as like the preferreds, the utilities, uh, some of these other places where investors have uh, parked assets, basically just focused on, I want to get 3 4% in uh, income and hopefully some capital appreciation. Those trades are starting to unwind now, and uh, I would expect that to occur over the next couple of days. And, uh, you know, as I get out there and talk to people, I was at an investor conference a couple of weeks ago, And that was the key strategy that everyone was talking about, was how to generate yield and which names to buy that had big dividends. And um, it's it's really disconcerting. And as I look at the market and some of the new paper that's coming to market, uh, the yields on this paper and the quality of the paper, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm seeing some of the worst underwriting in terms of new paper coming to the market since uh, 2005, 2006, since before the bubble, the the, market crash. What do you think the average person, my audience, is driving to work right now in the Bay Area? What do you think they need to know about what you're seeing? Uh, well, you know, I think that uh, there are a lot of people who have maybe, especially individual investors that I speak to, they've actually missed this rally. And um, so, I mean, I would say don't um, try to chase things. Don't try to be early to the party. Uh, the scaling approach to the market has worked uh, for the last several years, and I think it will continue to work. Uh, I, I would, wouldn't suggest going, say, from all money market accounts into equities on the first pullback. Uh, but uh, take your time easing into the market, uh, be disciplined about it, and uh, don't try to trade it uh, if you're an investor. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to know at this point in time, Mr. Southard? Uh, you know, again, I would say the focus on these high dividend paying stocks and, uh, you know, high dividend paying industries and sectors, uh, expect some volatility. I mean, there's going to be some downside here because everyone's in that trade and that trade is coming off right now. It's almost been too easy of a market. You look at Disney and Nike and AT&T and Verizon, all hitting 52-week highs basically for a year straight, it feels like. The market needs a correction. Will that correction lead to a bear market, or do we have another leg up, do you think? Uh, 
it's not something that I really focus on. I okay. focus on uh, just the day-to-day, the short-term. Uh, so in terms of – and it's not something that I've found people have been any good really at predicting anyway, so I've tried to That's get fair. out of that game of predicting this, whether we're going to have a bull run or a bear run probably five or six years ago because I just don't find it to be – really all that valuable in terms of what we do on an intraday and uh, short-term basis. Okay. Thanks for joining me. It's Damon Southward from briefing.com. He's chief market strategist. Um, I think very valuable insight. I'm intrigued by the switch that's going on in the market. If you're a trader, you have to pay close attention to all the data that's out there, especially on the short term, because you're trading. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. Again, there's a lot of smart people. And if you re-listen to the four or five things that he and I talked about, some of the things he said is, you know, I'm not really trying to predict bull or bear markets. I think that's viable. Talked about how the uh, hedge funds, i.e. big money, are chasing yield. They're looking for, excuse me, I'm not going to say that for him. They're looking for yield, not chasing yield. And how do you get it? I see that today is bloody. I see that it's a negative day on Wall Street, but I don't get freaked out by that. I like negative markets. I like recessions. And it's an odd concept to throw out there because it upsets people. You know, how can you like a recession that's so un-American, that's so wrong? But I like recessions because they take some speculation on the markets which I think is a good thing. Um, when I moved to the Bay Area, in Damon Southward, by the way, I went to Stanford. When I moved to the Bay Area back in 2000-ish, there was so much speculation, so many rich kids coming out of college, getting six-figure jobs. Not rich kids coming out of college. Kids coming out of college getting six-figure jobs. It was tough to get a restaurant reservation. You would go, it was tough to get an apartment. And the recession kind of cleared some of that out, made it an opportunity. The recession gave me an opportunity to buy a house at a discount versus a house at a premium. So I'm not freaked out by down markets. I'm not freaked out by up markets. Probably more freaked out by up markets than down. The down markets give you an opportunity. It used to take a good hour and a half to drive from San Jose to San Francisco and the Bay Area, two cities that are pretty close to one another. Now you can do it in 50 minutes. So the recession cleared out some people with jobs. It cleared out speculation. 4% unemployment, basically, you could go tell your boss to shove it. 9% unemployment, not so much. At 4%, you could say, you know what? I'm going to go take a job somewhere else. You could be a secretary and get a job anywhere. Someone would hire you. We need a body. You could say, well, I want a 10% raise. Not a problem, because we need a body. So, 10-year treasury is the story, I think, of the day. It's the story of the last month. And it moved fast. For weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, I would come on and say, you know, that 10-year treasury under 2% telling you something's really wrong. That 10-year treasury starting to move higher is telling you that something might be okay. In the month of May, the 10-year Treasury notes yielded from 1.65 up to 2.15%. Now, again, is there a lot of difference between having $100,000 yielding 1.65 versus 2.15? There is. 
you're seeing a, that's exponential. Now, that's not like going from 7.65 to 8.15. Because when you're in the ones, going to the twos is 100%. It's a big move. So, that's telling you that at some point in time, you're going to say, you know what? I'll take 3% or 4% or 5%. Some number in your head will trigger you. Same thing with a hedge fund. Some number in their head will trigger them. Right now, today, we're seeing some weakness across the market. But again, look to where it's going. Where do I think the next leg up could be? Certainly financials and tech. Why do I say that? Because financials and tech have underperformed. If the 10-year Treasury is truly telling us that small caps, if the 10-year Treasury is truly telling us that the economy is getting a little bit better, that it's not going to need Fed assistance or 100% Fed assistance, I, I think there could be some upside to J.P. Morgan Chase, to Goldman Sachs, to Apple. I think there could be upside to small cap companies that have exposure to the United States. I think Europe is in the process of, of putting in its bottom. If the Fed leaves. If the Fed leaves buying debt... It's a good thing, not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find Briefing online at briefing.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the most influential reports came out yesterday. It's by the one and only Mary Meeker, who I think is genius at understanding the Internet. If you would like a copy or a link to her report, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. There's certain people that make you money in this world, and she's one of them, by understanding trends. Demographically speaking, you could see that companies like Univision, who are going to do well, has more Latin countries sent their immigrants to the United States. As we became more of a Spanish-speaking nation. Now again, you can... Take whatever you want from me. You can be mad at me. You can be angry at me. But understanding trends, whether it be from the census, where white male Americans are going to be a minority, but yet they control business at this point in time across America, that's going to change. So understanding trends is super important. If you get in front of a trend, you can do very, very, very well. Mary Meeker does web trends very, very well. On the rivalry between Apple and Android, she said, we had the Lakers versus Celtics back in the day. Now we have Apple versus Google. It's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's not a bad thing to be the Celtics. On fitness data, 
If you think there's a big market that needs to be changed, behavior is the biggest driver of premature death. There's a reason why people want to use this data to improve their health. On sharing, she said, Americans are underachievers. While 24% of the world shares most or everything they do online, only 14% of Americans do. On terrorism, she says, I'm on the cusp of believing the world would be safer than ever, but it will not be a straight path. Mobile Internet access is surpassing PC access across and around the world, including in China and South Korea. So mobile Internet access is surpassing PC access. Wow. Okay, so you still get the mobile to the right place to be, or the place to be. Facebook revenue and mobile users continue to grow. The average revenue per user, ARPU, a average revenue per user, ARPU, has been declining for desktop users on Facebook, but rising mobile ARPU has offset that decline. She said smartphone penetration is high, smartphone market penetration is high, but still has a lot of upside for smartphone growth. She's telling me how to, how to consider investing. On wearable computers, she says the average American reaches for their smartphone 150 times in a day. Is that you? Because that seems like a lot. What if you didn't have to reach for it? What if it was wearable? Two new categories of gadgets. She says flyables, which are drones, and scannables. Two new categories of gadgets. Flyables and scannables. I think flyable drones are going to be the military of the future. I think flyable drones are going to be helping the fire department and the police department. I think we're going to see flyable drones implemented after every major sporting event to stop riots. In China, you can follow the U.K. embassy by scanning a giant QR code on the security wall outside the building. She says, lots of growth ahead for China. For the first time, there's more iOS and Android users in China than in the United States. So there's more Apple and Android users in China than the U.S. She says, there's a really interesting slide out there showing various regions' share of global GDP growth from 1820 to today. And China is growing rapidly and currently is 15%, almost matching Europe, which is 16%. You have to invest in China. On young people, we actually believe this generation is a little bit different. We've never seen so many people turning their passions into businesses. She ends with the advice of the public companies on how to make their stock grow, with examples of Amazon, eBay, Facebook, Tencent, Google, and Apple. On immigration, she says America has a shortage of high-skilled workers, and we need to, be, to remain competitive. The global environment for recruiting high-skilled workers is likely to get a lot more competitive. Her quote was, 60% of top 25 tech companies were founded by immigrants. We're educating more people with more student visas, but we're sending more of them home after they graduate versus keeping them here where they create high-paying jobs. So if you want a copy of a link to Mary Meeker's slideshow, and you can read the stuff for yourself, do. She didn't quite point out the Boston bombing, but she said, on the Internet, nobody knows you're a dog in 1993. So basically, back in 1993, there was a lot of anonymity. Now everybody knows you. 
world's content is increasingly findable. So Mary Meeker, she gets trends. Now again, I'm not going to tell you that uh, she's speaking particularly to you, because she's not. She works for someone else. So some of her trends you have to take as a grain of salt. But if you want a copy of a link to her slideshow, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, Cron4, K-R-O-N4, Rob Black. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Got a seminar coming up in Palo Alto, two seminars. Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Book your day with me and CFP Chad Burton. You can find out more information at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.